Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Lovely to have Wendy back with us in studio today. And as I've mentioned, we're going to take a look at issues around proof of vaccination for travel purposes. So by no means do we have uh, the the ultimate answer to all questions, but we're going to give you a, a sense of what's happening, where and who's offering what options. We're going to flag a bogus online platform that has scammed several local customers. And then if time allows, we'll make space for some open line calls as well. Wendy, great to have you back with us. Thanks, Pippa. So I literally get several emails every single week from people who are in the same quandary, Wendy. They are starting to think about traveling mm. or they've booked their flights, very excited very brave. to go, but they don't know what they can take to show proof of vaccination because everybody shares the same concern that that flimsy little card you're given when yeah. you're vaccinated isn't good enough. And the answer I've had to give all of them is we just doesn't don't know. know. There is no official vaccine app or government document that will definitively absolutely be accepted everywhere you go. You have got some developments to share with us today, though. Yes, so I was uh, put on this path um, last week when I started seeing on Twitter, where I spend a lot of time for work purposes, that uh, people saying um, my daughter couldn't go to a... um, couldn't be seated at a restaurant or go to a museum in um, or gallery in in France because okay. um, this little card wasn't good enough. So you can you can clearly get a visa with one, um, but when you're actually in the country, and there've been some swift developments in France, they have a, a, quite a it's a it's a vaccine hesitant country in general, okay. and so they've and uh, introduced this pass on a tear, this health pass, which you have to have as a citizen. And, um, you know, you couldn't, you can't get to restaurants. The waiters have these little scanners for the QR codes and you have to show your, show, show your, your code and have sure. it. And not even for outside seating. Wow. Um, not just inside, um, galleries, etc. And then there was also from last month, there was something that was introduced about, um, large shopping malls. Forget the square meterage, but what they class as a very large shopping mall. You couldn't enter either. And they've now backtracked from today, actually. I was okay. updating my information this morning and they've sort of backtracked on that one. So there's been a lot of resistance, but there's also been a huge spike in young people getting vaccinated because, okay, you know, because they, they can't, to be able they, to move they can't do life the way they want to do life. Sure. Okay. Um, so these are the, uh, Debates and the developments that are, are happening All now. But world, so the South Africans, yeah. were, I was getting feedback. Someone trying to book a hotel from here um, could, couldn't get into many, but did manage to get into one of them. And what they really wanted you to do is they have, apparently it's difficult to do it. I saw even Mer- Americans on Twitter saying it was so difficult is to convert whatever proof of vaccination you have from whatever country you're in into their past sanitaire and to have that on hand when you enter the country, um, to allow you access to the things you want that to you do want in the places do. you want to go. So, so I thought, let me find out now what is going on because I mean, I've had both my jabs and you know, that little handwritten card, apart from anything else, it just is completely open to fraud. Yeah. Um, and we know there's so many concerns about fraudulent documents from South yes. Africa at the best of times. So I'm it's saying why we jump through so many hoops to get visas. visas. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. um, so it stands to reason that countries are going to be particularly skeptical about our little handwritten piece of cardboard. So with all that in mind, um, let's look at the numbers first of all, okay. um, as to where we are. Um, not numbers are not my, my, my strong game, but, um, I, I looked at, um, SA coronavirus.coza today, this morning. So things are picking up speed. Um, the num, the people, so not people, the, 
the number of vaccine injections that have been administered, that's both Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, um, is 13.9 million, so getting up to 14. But the numbers are complicated, of course, because with J&J, there's just the one dose, and with Pfizer, there is two. Yeah. So to crunch the numbers a little bit, um, just over 3 million J&J vaccines administered. Pfizer, um, 10.8 million. So of those, 10.8, 7.1 of first dose and about only about 3.6 million um, with a second both. jab. So um, 10.2 million people um, In total. have had at least one jab. And together, it, it, the total of people who are fully vaccinated, either with the one J&J or both um, Pfizer, is 6.7 million. So it's getting up there. It's still dropping the ocean stuff, but it's 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 moving. Okay, so you've just reminded me of something while you're mentioning those numbers. Uh, I just want to say, uh, David, I had a, an email in yesterday from uh, Emeritus Professor uh, David Kutsia from UCT saying, please will you let the public know we have a wonderful vaccination site in Mowbray at Forest Hill. Very accessible, close to the main road. You can vac- get vaccinated there very easily and with no long queues or delay. And they haven't got enough people coming through oh, the door. Okay. So, David, thanks for alerting us. And that's anybody who is waiting. Maybe you need to get your second jab. Maybe you've decided you want to go for the first one. Whatever the case may be, if you're in that part of the city, Forest Hill in Mowbray has got a very good, wonderful wonderful vaccination oh, site well waiting for you. Pippa. David, thanks so much for <laughs> alerting us. I'm glad we managed to squeeze that in. Okay, so so the, the numbers are progressing, which yes. means there are more... More and more people who are in a position to be contemplating, perhaps thinking about traveling, and will face this conversation about what do I take with me to show that I am actually fully vaccinated. Wendy, a lot of people have been trying for quite a long time already to get some kind of clarity from government or from official bodies uh, as to what Anyone can take us all the digital proof, yes. including the the Association of Travel Agents. Right. So they. Um uh, CEO Otto de Vries told Travel News a few weeks ago that it was critical that a certified and reliable proof of vaccination is created in South Africa. We all know this to allow travels to move free, travelers to move freely. Um, something along the lines of the digital green certificate recently adopted by the European Union, which includes a scannable QR code. So okay. it's that code that's, that's, um, really necessary at this point. Um, South Africans will also need to access the EVDS um, electronic vaccination data system to obtain their personal vaccination data, which is linked to their ID, and this will allow passengers to share this information with whoever wants it, airlines, cruise liners, port authorities, travel service providers, etc., and restaurants and museums and all the rest. Um, But... um, you know, it hasn't happened yet, um, and that's where we're sitting. The World Health Organization's latest guidance also advises governments around the world that they should consider exempting vaccinated travelers from COVID-19 testing um, because, you know, it's time-consuming and it's expensive. Um, anyway, the recent International Association of Travel Agents media briefing, um, the Director General, Willie Walsh, said that a digital solution for vaccination certificate was critical. IATA predicts that if passengers continue to use manual paper processes, the total airport experience from check-in to departure and the arrivals process would go from about one and a half hours to about eight hours oh. if the volume of passengers has to recover to the 2019 level. That's really putting it into perspective. Yeah. Um, sure. These delays relate to the manual vetting and authentic authentication processes undertaken by airlines, airport staff and border security in the country of departure and arrival and are likely to create bottlenecks at international processing points as if travelling wasn't arduous enough about that. 
Um, so, um, uh, Willie Walsh, uh, is said to uh, Business Insider that um, he's the Director General of AR to the International Association of Travel Agents. He said he's encouraging governments to accept digital COVID-19 test and vaccination certificates and by extension, IATA's travel passes, okay to travel status indicator as verification for health entry requirements. It's all very complicated. You've got all different people saying all sorts of things. Um, but... You know, as you say, where does that sit for the? Where does that leave the person who's double vaxxed or fully vaxxed and now wants to travel with all this uh, sometimes conflicting information? Do we go for IATA's travel pass? Is that enough? Do we have to convert what we have to something else if we go to some other European uh, country? You know, yeah. If we go, will they require something different? Do I need three different versions of the yes. app, etc.? Okay. So, look, a lot of these questions cannot yet be answered, but what we are going to look at today is at least one possible solution that's come onto the table for some South Africans, Wendy, and that's uh, through through discovery. That's through discovery. So as often happens in South Africa, at least, uh, uh, you know, the corporate, the private uh, uh, sector makes a plan Mm -hmm. and Discovery Health um, has done such a thing. It's made a digital version of our cardboard vaccination cards available to its members in the absence of a government-issued vaccination card pass, whatever you want to call it. Um, and on that information, on that card, there will be, you know, they're creating um, the means to upload more and more information. So, for example, now you co- any COVID test you've had, if, if you know, it will show you when you had it in the negative uh, test, whatever yeah. result. Um, but, yeah, um we're going to speak to somebody who knows an awful Absolutely. lot about that. I'm delighted to have Discovery Health's Chief Commercial Officer with us this afternoon, Dr. Ronald Whelan. Ronald, thank you so much for making time to speak to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to listeners. Uh, thank you for hosting us. It's a pleasure. So will you explain to us how, how does Discovery's digital version of the vaccination card actually work? Well, I think, yeah, firstly, just to build on your initial discussion, yeah, we certainly recognize the need for a, a validation of the vaccination, so yeah, the, a digital vaccine certificate, if you will, um, yeah, both for uh, international travel purposes, but I think yeah, we're seeing the need in, in South Africa as well. If you look at uh, workplaces, are going to require proof of vaccination, and yeah, certain events are going to require proof of vaccination, so there's definitely a need for uh, validation of uh, vaccines. Um, As you rightly mentioned in your um, uh, prelude to this, it's a very, very complex landscape and a dynamic landscape. So complicated in in that um, there are many uh, solutions available and many solutions are coming into the fore. There's lots of geopolitics at play here. So it's uh, complex and it's evolving quickly. Uh, So there's no gold standard solution across the the, the landscape. So what we sought to do at Discovery is just to provide a a simple uh, digital vaccine card solution, which basically would be a, a replica, if you will, in a digital your format of your digital vaccine uh, card that you would uh, of your paper-based vaccine card. It's uh, I specifically call it a digital vaccine card, and that uh, uh, digital vaccine certificates and passports have different connotations. Mm-hmm. So, a vaccine passport would imply that you'd be, you'd be able to travel across a range of different countries. This is not a vaccine passport, neither is it a vaccine certificate. It's just a digital manifestation of your vaccine card. And the uh, Department of Health is you know, comfortable with us you know, going down this direction while they're developing a broader solution for their, their digital vaccine certificate. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Sorry to interrupt. So that means Department of Health has said, go for it. You have our approval to, to, to issue this. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, we've had this on the table for several months uh, now. We obviously recognize the need for it. Um, unfortunately, got the endorsement from the National Department of Health on this. They've been very clear that it's not a, a nationally endorsed uh, card, so it's a discovery-endorsed card. We're comfortable to do the endorsement on this card because we're able to validate your vaccination on the basis of, on the basis of a claim we receive. So as soon as we receive a claim from a provider, we've got to play that claim. And on the basis of that information, we're able to endorse that the vaccination actually happened. And that's really what um, you know, countries globally are looking for. They're looking for some level of validation and endorsement that this vaccination has ha- actually taken place, that there's been a double-dose vaccination in the case of Pfizer, a single-dose vaccination mm-hmm. in the case of J&J. So it's not a, a national endorsement, but it's a discovery endorsement. And with that endorsement, what we'll do is on the card, we'll put on a QR code, which will then allow any officials to navigate towards the discovery website where there be additional information around the endorsement of the, the, of the card. So it's, a, I guess, an interim uh, solution yes. while we wait for a national solution. Um, Dr. Whelan, have you had any, just thinking as you were speaking there, have you had any feedback from your members who have travelled and have um, shown that uh, digital version of the certificate, uh, discovery endorsed, as you put it, to whoever asked for it, whatever official or private uh, institution asked for it and had it accepted? Or are we st- is it too early for you to have such feedback? Well, we're still in the very early stages of the cards. We are busy processing all of the cards at the moment. Um, so we haven't processed all of the cards. They're all going through the, the processing machine. Um, so if you haven't got your card yet on the Discovery Vaccination Navigator, that will become available over the next year, few, year, couple of weeks or so. Okay. What we're finding across um, our clients is that, broadly speaking, most embassies for the moment are satisfied with the paper-based card. They're very, even more comfortable than when you've got, got a digital uh, vaccine card uh, yeah, through, uh, yeah, through, through Discovery or which, yeah, whichever source. But the paper-based cards are broadly speaking uh, um, yeah, accepted for the moment. And I say specifically for the moment because, as you can see, the landscape is evolving quickly and the European mm. Union is requiring uh, more validated cards. And I think these will become mainstream over the, the, yeah, the coming months. So if you are traveling, important to... Yeah, just understand from the embassies what the specific requirements are. We just strongly encourage you to go along with both your, your paper-based card as well as the, the, the digital vaccine, vaccine card you know, through the Discovery, uh, Discovery COVID-19 uh, vaccination navigator. Okay. Can I ask you a practical question? So, so you can go into your COVID navigator on, on um, or your member, your members can go onto the website, hit uh, COVID navigator, find the um, digital version of the card if, if that information has been uploaded. How then do you practically use it? Can you download it onto your phone? How, how do you then access that QR code that you can then, um, you know, show somebody on, on request? So the card is available through, as you rightly mentioned, the, um, uh, the vaccination navigator on the Discovery website. There's also a web-based application for that called Connected Care. Connected Care is an easy application to download to your phone. It's two clicks into the vaccination card, and then you're able to display that vaccination card uh, directly. Okay. Okay. What we're also doing at the moment, and it's not fully developed yet, we hope to launch it within the next week or so, is a, a PDF uh, function there, so you'd actually be able to print your card into a PDF uh, format. Okay. And then uh, cool. an additional feature that will come in the, the following, which is you're hoping to be able to add uh, 
the card to your your the wallet on your phone. So, you know, an Apple wallet, for example. So we're in discussions with Apple at the moment to add it to your to your wallet. So we really want it. We think these cards are going to be used frequently, and we want them to be easily accessible on your phone so that you're able to access it quickly and display it quickly. Dr. Ronald Whelan, thank you so much for the update. Discovery Health's Chief Commercial Officer and Zuki telling me she's already got hers. She got her card loaded yesterday using the Discovery app. Now, immediately several messages saying the same thing. Does this only work if you've had your uh, jabs at a Discovery site? Wendy, you can give first-hand response to that, can't you? Yes, I had... uh both of my jabs at a private uh, pharmacy in Stellenbosch and um, they both appear um, on on my digital card. So. so your card is there. So just to recap, yeah, somebody's SMS to say I've already had a problem with the card. I had my first vaccination at a public hospital. The vaccination was not claimed from Discovery. I phoned them and they checked all information was correct and said it's up to government to claim, which I'm sure they never will. I was vaccinated on the 2nd of June. Oh, I'm sure government absolutely will get around I'm, to claiming. Um, I they're think not they're just leave the money sitting there. Just not but, most efficient at it. Yeah, uh, just, it's, it's a timeline issue. I would imagine that the public sector sites will take substantially longer to be processed into the system. As you heard um, Dr. Whelan say, they, they've only done some so far. They should, they should second some people from um, the receiver of revenue. They're good at getting money out They're of the populace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, so it's not only if you went to one of the discovery sites, and it doesn't matter if you had the two jabs at different sites, etc. But just bear in mind, it may say, take some time for the information to be processed. Uh, Wendy, before we leave the topic of, of COVID-related issues, you've had an interesting conversation with Wendy Alberts of the Restaurants Association. Um, you wanted to she, on. I didn't actually have a chat with her. Okay. She put out a press release just this morning and while I was working on our prep and I thought it was a good time uh, you know it related um, she said um, uh, she doubts government will be able to impose any sort of policy requiring the industry to to demand proof of vaccination she says the government can't even consult with us to find a solution to maintaining the integrity of the industry or supporting its sustainability so why so how are they going to have a conversation with us about vaccines they also can't have a con- even have a conversation with us about TERS the temporary employer employee relief scheme or the UIF they can't have a conversation with us about the dinner time trade and they can't guarantee us that they are going to reopen industry um, so she says, before government can use the pandemic to create further policies, it needs to meaningful, meaningfully consult with the restaurant industry, which has been decimated, and we need to engage with government. And this is the interesting part I, I tweeted about this morning. Whether or not restaurant patrons decide to get vaccinated is a personal choice, Wendy Albert said, and I don't think any restaurant here is going to cause any further negative impact. I think they're going to maintain a neutral stance. Um the, the restaurant industry is not going to write policy. So that's so, pretty clear. We are not going to make it mandatory that you show a vaccine no, if you want to so sit you, and die. As you can imagine, yeah. for such a polarized subject, there was uh, responses to my tweet really on imagine, both yeah. sides. Some said um, they agreed with her um, and others said that they would not patronize restaurants which did not require proof of full vaccination from its patrons. So a lot of people saying something along the line, oh, okay, this is the new smoking versus non-smoking in restaurants. Okay. Interesting times, Pippa, very interesting Indeed. Time. Well, thank you very much for keeping us abreast of the latest developments there. Um, if anybody else has, has had personal feedback with the Discovery digital vaccination card and wants to tell us, uh, so Zuki said hers has come through fine, uh, anonymous on the SMS line saying nothing has happened on this 
their side because the government has not yet claimed for their first jab. And remember, I must follow up with Dr. Whelan did say to us the, 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 the validation is on receipt of the claim for the injection. That's the so, only proof they yeah. have. They can't rely on anything and else. The government has, hasn't submitted the claim yet. Um, Gosh. I'm surprised. Well, I'm surprised and I'm not surprised. Wendy, I'm surprised because I would think anything that requires getting money back from anybody yes, would be priority. a priority. Yeah. But at the same time, government and efficiency are not, not two words we use together very often. So, um, does this card only apply to Discovery Health members for clarity, Wendy? It must for do. Now, yes, yes. Because yeah. they have to, you have to be a member of theirs for them to They're not going to pay that, other, yeah. other people's, uh, vaccination claims. So yes, that's, and it's, you know, with such a large membership, they've been able to supply some really, um, impactful statistics on claims vaccinated versus unvaccinated, et cetera. Um, and, and, and as this horrible virus rolls out, um, and, and yeah, so no, very much only their members. Okay. And beneficiaries. And, um, obviously we'll keep you posted should there be any developments around an official nationally approved. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep in with Dr. Whelan yeah. because it's easier. They have a direct line to, to the health department and, um, I'll keep checking in with them every few weeks and see what's emerging there. Okay. This is an interesting question. Somebody says, I've been stuck overseas in the UK during COVID-19 and will be coming back soon. I am a discovery member. Will they be able to try Translate my NHS vaccination proof into a Discovery one. The NHS isn't going to be claiming from Discovery, so on the current system, no. No, because they need their own, you know, hard validation. Proof. Yes, yeah. they, so I mean, NHS. Well, it's an interesting I question. If there's any conversation between? They, I was going to say to if they could validate yeah. it independently. I, if I were you, I would phone Discovery and ask the question directly and, say, and, and, and ask them to do it. Say, I'm your member. I would expect you to do this for me. I have proof of a vaccination by the NHS. You need to talk to the NHS mm. to process it, perhaps. Um, that's a starting point, at least. Here's an interesting one as well. I flew to Switzerland on Saturday, says WhatsApp. Went onto all the websites I could think of. Called the Swiss Airlines twice in Johannesburg to find out if I needed a negative PCR test, seeing as I am double vaccinated, and was told, yes, I did need oh, the gosh. test. When I got to Joburg, they asked me for my vaccine card and weren't remotely interested in my PCR results. <sighs> 850 rand wasted. In Switzerland, they only checked my passport and didn't ask for my PCR results as they did when I went to Switzerland at the end of May. So that so too is an indication got, of the change. Interesting, because you've yeah. got the European Union, which is sort of speaking in one voice about the green pass, whatever it is, yeah. and then each country seemingly doing their own thing, thing around that but, and changing it week to week. There's very helpful feedback, though. So if you are flying this weekend to Switzerland, um, take it or leave it. That's what the lived experience was of one Cape Talk traveler. Thank you very much for that feedback. And again, we'll, we, we are monitoring, I promise you, the minute there is an indication of any kind of formal approved document, we will let you know and bring you the details uh, on the air. Okay, short break, and then we are back taking a look at a catering goods online sales scam that's affected several South African customers. We've got a few open line calls already and on the WhatsApp line. Um, we're happy to take some more of those as well. 0725671567. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021 446 0567.
Right, we're going to move away from uh, COVID-19 stuff for a little bit and take a look at um, uh, yet another story of an online uh, sales platform that Mm. is literally not delivering the goods. Wendy, this time it's a catering goods scam. You know, every week it occurs to me that the percentage of of cases that that come my way and that certainly that I take up, uh, the percentage that is fraud related is going up (laughs) to a dramatic extent. So, um, yeah, so this this bogus company, um, I think taking advantage to some extent of a lot of people starting um, home industries, wanting sort of the next level catering equipment because they're selling or advertising uh, quite upmarket um, stuff. So, for example, the Thermomix. I have a, a friend, a foodie friend in Spain who says, oh, you must get yourself one. Well, <laughs> 25,000, 26,000 rand, uh, no, because <laughs> uh, that's what they cost. So Thermomix is the world's pow- most powerful blender, for those that don't know, uh, that um, not only blends but cooks and stirs and has a built-in scale. There's a much more expensive one that's about sort of 75,000, 76,000, but you're sort of, yeah, you're looking at 25,000 minimum. Anyway, so Cape Town's pet uh, Contact. She was in the market for one of these, did a Google, and she landed on the page of a company called Big O Trading, um, based in Durban, um, gave an address as Windermere Road, um, and she paid them uh, for a Thermomix, which turned out to be a massive mistake. Pat's with us. So okay. Let's hear the story from the horse's mouth, as it were. Pat, thank you so much for being willing to chat to us. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. Okay, so you decided you wanted a Thermomix. You did some Googling. You came across Big O Trading. What was it about that site or their offer that made you decide that you wanted to buy one through them, Pat? Was it the price? Um, it, was, it was the price. Um, as correctly mentioned, uh, there was another company that could actually import it at 75000 My biggest mistake I think I made was I did not put in Thermomix South Africa or SA. Um, had I done that, the uh, um, company that is actually distributed to them, their name would have come up and would have landed on their page. So I just typed in Thermomix and uh, this VP uh, trading, uh, the company, that, that's the webpage that actually came up. And this is big old trading. Real scammers. Okay. So ask, ask them how much via their webpage. Got a response from the sales team um, telling me how much it was. Asked for an invoice, made payment. They thanked me via WhatsApp. Uh, they received the payment and they would uh, courier the Thermomix down to me. That's the last I ever heard from them. What did you pay, Pat? It wasn't a bargain basement um, sort of huge lot. red flag. It was no. over twenty, wasn't it? Yes, yes. I they were advertising it at twenty thousand four hundred and ninety nine thousand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, four hundred and ninety nine um, rand. Okay, so it was it was a, a price lower than you would have been offered had you found the official distributor in South oh, Africa for sure. Correct. But still, a subst- Yeah, it wasn't that big a difference, Pat. I can understand why you would have thought, well, that's a good deal. I'm going to take it. So you paid your money. You even got the indignity of a thank you WhatsApp, and then no Thermomix has ever arrived. What effort no. have you made to, to 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 follow up and track down the company and ask what's going on, Pat? I tried phoning, and I think the number uh, they either blocked me definitely on WhatsApp. 
it's off me completely. I've tried phoning the landline number, the OC1 number. Mm. It just rings and I've rings. I've done that too. Yeah, so I haven't heard from them. But I actually made the inquiry earlier on this year. Three months later, when I was prepared to actually purchase the machine, I actually found the number and I asked, is it price still valid? They answered the phone. Oh, sure. So, uh, I mean, this is it's quite an elaborate scam they've got running here if, if, if they are following up months later and then uh, perpetuating the scam. Pat, I mean, I'm really sorry that you've had the experience. I do want to mention, though, that in your case, there's actually been a bit of a, a happy ending to the story, hasn't there? Yes, there is. I managed to actually get hold of the company that is actually bringing them into the country. And they said to me they are the only people who are allowed to bring it in. And it actually can be purchased uh, directly from them or one of their agents. And, um, yeah, they're trying to just see how best they can actually help me to try and recover the money or, you know, try and investigate uh, who these people are, because they, they have been made aware. They, they know that the scam was. They just also, every lead they've tried to follow up on, they just were unable to, to, to get any definite information as to who these guys are. Okay, Pat, I'm really sorry that this happened to you, and it's good of the official distributors to try and help you in tracking down, because, of course, it, well, it is their brand name at, at risk as it's well, Wendy. But, Pat, um, uh, look, keep in touch, please, and let us know if you manage to have any success in recovering your money or receiving yeah. a Thermomix, uh, which I don't think is on its way. Wendy, I mean, you also tried getting hold of them. You did a bit of digging. What yeah. did you find out? So they gave it an address in Wind- Windermere Road. Um, I put it into Google Maps, as I do, and it came up as a Windermere Centre. I'm from Durban, so I know the centre well. Um, I got hold of them. Uh, uh, centre manager, Jocelyn Hallett, as soon as I mentioned while I was phoning, she said, oh, my goodness, I've been meaning to phone you. Please put a warning out. She says, um, initially when she started getting the complaints and they used to be called, um, uh, started out as pure vegan. If you look on Hello Peter, lots of complaints there. Then they changed the names to VATIT, V-A-T-I-T or VP Equip using 163 Windermere Road, which is Windermere Center as their pin address. And, um, then it became VP Equip. But she said, um, initially when she got the complaints, she thought, um, well, it could be, you know, the whole work from home thing. Yes. It could be somebody selling out of one of the Windermere Center as a center below a block of residential flats. Ah. So she was thinking, well, so she didn't immediately because you can't, she can't, she has nothing to do with the residential block. No, as she the center manager. The center. Exactly. Yeah. So she sort of didn't immediately think it had anything to do with the center. And then, um, she's got, she's, she actually, <laughs> took screenshots of a handwritten list. I think I got more than 24, more than two dozen complaints that that she knew of who'd been taken and for a lot of money. And the thing to know about, I always say, if you know how things are supposed to work, you can't get caught. So if, for example, you know that business, uh, Capitech Bank doesn't have business accounts, as soon as somebody, an online trader says, this is our business account, ABC trading, this is the Capitech number, then you know it's a scam because... They only have personal accounts. In this case, Thermomix only sells um, sort of, I suppose it's a bit like the Tupperware model, that you don't go into a store and find them and any no, no sort of ARB online retailer can sell it. You've got it to has buy to, it from them. From them. Okay. And a good tip that um, Pat shared, if she just put SA next to the brand, she would have landed on the official, the which I did this morning and, and, and she's right. So 
Um, yeah, and they and the price is non-negotiable for the one that uh, the, the the base one. It's um, call it twenty six thousand, twenty five thousand nine hundred ninety eight, or whatever. So it you know, as in Pat's case, the twenty thousand. You know, they are not allowed to discount the price. None of the agents can discount it. So, so if you um, are you're not going to get a bargain. It's yes. Not real. And I mean, I could, I could repeat the story with their dodgy websites selling smeg. Smeg comes out and says, please, no, that's at, at bog. I mean, really ridiculous prices. And you just, uh, there are always going to be those that, um, you know, these, these nice to have appliances. And I think people rediscovering cooking or, 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 or having to do it for the first yeah. time in lockdown has, has definitely seen a, a a peak, a spike rather in the demand for these sorts of make your make it an easier task kind mm. of thing. Or you're more. Is there anything else Pat can do? I mean, the the, the scamsters are probably long gone with her. No, money. there is. I, I can't say that there is. I, I try to get hold of them. Uh, um, even if I, the phone had been answered, I don't think I would have got anywhere. Um, it's just, uh, I think you know, do your homework before. So put the name that's being advertised in and see. That's why they keep changing the name so that your Hello Peter maybe will be too soon for them to track. I'm no doubt they're going to yeah. drop the big O and go for something, go for something else, else now. But for now, but big O trading is the red flag name yeah, to look for. Absolutely. Okay, Pat, sorry, but thank you for sharing your story so that other Cape Talk listeners can learn from your experience. I'm really, really sorry that this happened to you. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. We've got just a few minutes in hand, Wendy. We can squeeze in a couple of open line questions Good. that have come through. And uh, Aileen, thank you for asking this one on behalf of the Marmite lovers. <laughs> she says, how to find out when Marmite is going to be back on the shelves? A few months ago, I heard it would be available again in August when the shortage was discussed on Cape Talk. I can't remember which program it was discussed on. Several of them, I think. I mean, it's a very think, important topic. Yes. <laughs> it was us, I think, though. Yes. Let's just remind ourselves, Marmite, there was a yeast shortage because of the breweries being shut under lockdown. Yes. Uh, which had a knock-on impact on the availability of yeast to be used in the production process of Marmite. I know that was the original problem. I, I can't, I can't off the top of my head. Then. I'm not. I'm not on top of that. I'm going to have to okay, do some research do some there. Marmite I'm so sorry. My, my Marmite knowledge is, is a little outdated. You know, I, I have one little jar that sits in the back of the cupboard because I use it in one recipe only, Wendy, and it's absolutely essential for that recipe to add a teaspoon of Marmite. But, but the I jar lasts a long like time, and it's not something that's yeah. going to um, go so, off. Um, we'll try and find out for you, Aline, okay, and hopefully be able to give you some feedback next I'm week. I'm making a note. Okay, and then this is uh, also an important and one that probably is particularly relevant with questions around personal information and poppy, etc. I bought an appliance at Cash Crusaders, says Anonymous. They asked me to hand over my ID and made a copy of it, apparently telling me that SAPs require this. Does that sound correct? No, I can imagine SAPs requiring it for the sellers, not the buyers. That would make sense yes. to prove that it's not stolen. Yes, but, so I'd yeah. have to follow up on that. I don't think so. You're buying it as, a, as, as if you were buying it from, from a normal shop. I mean, it would be like checkers saying before you give me your ID before you take yes. the TV home. Yeah. No, I, I, I stand to be corrected, but off the top of my head, absolutely to protect all of us. I mean, that would be just a wonderful place to go and flog your stolen loot um, if they didn't require, if there weren't any processes involved. Yeah. Um, but I can't see it applying to buyers. Um, 
say which branch? It didn't say which branch. Okay. If you want to send us a follow-up um, email with those details, you're very welcome to do Please. so. Um, consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Um, and just put Cape Talk Cash Crusaders ID in the subject line, please. Um, while we were while you were talking, Wendy, I googled the Marmite issue. I have found an uh, an article on Business Insider in July, bemoaning the shortage of Marmite. And at the time, it said the stores will probably not have sufficient supply to keep it stocked on shelves until the end of July. And this, sorry, this article was published on the 11th of June, my apologies. So at that point, and it was still the same issue, a shortage of quality brewer's yeast causing supply trouble. Um, uh, beer makers AB InBev and Heineken uh, were, of course, uh, so that was the chain. So the beer, yes. beer process yes. was interrupted. So the... But- Offshoot of the brewer's sure. yeast was 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 in shortage, and um, Pioneer Foods saying sufficient quality yeast remains scarce, which is why they've not been able to make enough marmite to meet supply. Wow. Pioneer says it expects supplies to normalise over the course of the coming months, with on-shelf shortages reducing in August. Well, it's now oh, September. Okay, okay. Um, I can. I just want to jump in here talking about shortages. I've only came across this yesterday, um, and I haven't investigated properly, but someone. Who is an export ex, import export says tweeted this and I gave he gave me more information when I requested it, which I haven't followed up on. But just for those who um, who are interested in this, um, there are shortages in a basmati rice and fragranced rice. Um, it has to do with delays in containers reaching Cape Town and ships not coming into port. Okay. So if you are, well, if you find it, buy it. I think some of the smaller independent shops you might have more luck at. But um, if you're a lover of basmati rice and you mm. see it, uh, you know, grab a bag or grab two. Grab a bag or two. Okay, but leave some for the rest of us as well. Yes. Yes. Uh, somebody's flagging Nutella. Same issue with Nutella at the moment. Well, there are now. Alternative chocolate spreads, several different kinds available. Um, I'm glad you call them chocolate spreads, not nut spreads, because people say, oh, it's so healthy, I'll give it to my uh, child. For it's a chocolate Main spread. ingredient is sugar. It's a chocolate It's not spread. kid or ourselves. What it is, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there, I mean, there are other options for that. There's nothing to replace Marmite that's quite like Marmite. That's the difficulty. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. You can go into a store and buy, there's a checkers. There's a red and white something brand chocolate spread you can get at Checkers. They are. This is reminding me lots of, of the Worcester the sauce. Oh, no, what was it? Uh, HP sauce. HP sauce. HP Don't sauce. go there, Wendy. <laughs> Don't go there. Okay. So, um, again, Cash Crusaders question. If you want us to follow up with a particular branch, uh, please just drop the details in an email to Wendy on consumer at nola.co.za. Uh, K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Let's finish with an example of your favorite love to hate subject of shrinkflation, Wendy. Okay. Nicole says, I recently bought Smarty chocolate slabs on special and some Rolo chocolate slabs. The filling is almost non-existent. There used to be a Smarty in each block. There is now a crumb. The Rolo <laughs> filling needs an archaeological dig to find it. Uh, you see, uh, she, she says, I've written to Nestle. They don't seem interested, but I would like to know how to follow up because I find it please, unfair. Please send, um, forward me what you sent to Nestle. So this is the other form of them reducing the input costs. So one is they make the bar smaller and the other thing that and I say they because it's it's, it's all of across them across the boards yeah. um, is to reduce the um, integrity and quality of the <laughs> content so yeah. I in my younger years used to be a huge fan of the only chocolate that ever spoke to me from from the checkout you know they <laughs> lunch, it was lunch bar because okay. it had a lot of nuts in it it was mm. 
and they just made it less nuts, more caramel because it's cheaper to produce. Okay. And lost me completely. It just uh, the appeal probably did me a favor actually, Haven't but had the a large appeal. Yes. And it okay. happens. And here's another classic example. Um, you know, used to be a smart in each one, and I think that's a, a, a silly thing. To, for them to have targeted because it's very obvious. Yep. If you had a whole smarty and that was part of the appeal because it's a very iconic shape and everything else and a smarty so per noticeable. square, yeah. it's, it's its thing. It's its, it's, it's character. It's its, um, what's the word? Um, it's unique. Identifying characteristic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And now you've got a crumb. Well, you're going, that's never not going to leave a sour taste. Yeah. Um, and what was the other one? The roller filling. Um, they've reduced, yeah, so, so I, I think it's really, I mean, I hate shrinkflation, but I'd rather that. I'd rather them, sometimes they do both, which is a real kick in the, rub salt into the wound, yeah. (laughs) But I'd rather, if I really love a product, I'd rather them keep it and, well, I'd rather them just put the price up, um, honestly, but. And and leave the integrity of, of what's inside. And then if they, but if they really want to do affordability, then make it smaller, but please just Just leave it nice. Leave it nice. Okay. Sorry, I've waffled on. No, but I I agree. It's an important conversation. Our chocolate needs to be preserved, Wendy. Um, Nicole, if you would like to, to, to send us your correspondence with Nestle, Wendy would love to take a look. Thank you so much. And Wendy, as always, thanks for your work on behalf of our listeners. We'll chat again next week. Will do, Pippa.